Sporting Report Daily, Episode 3. Joe, be honest. When we started this, did you see us making it to Episode 3? Um, honestly, I don't even know if we were going to make it to Episode 1. I mean, <laughs> we talked about this for you know a long time, pretty much since we got on campus. And uh took us, you know, till the end of the year to make it. But I'm glad we did. It's been, it's been fun so far. It's been fun. Remember, uh, we were talking about over winter break, starting that podcast the first week we came back. Yeah. And the big topic of conversation was going to be Tua Tagovailoa, how big he's been. By the time we actually got our podcast rolling, he was old news. I oh, mean, yeah. Nobody, oh, yeah. I mean. He'll be big again in September, but that was a while ago. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just, uh, I think, honestly, got to thank the snow day, you know? Yeah, you're uh, right. Weeks ago. You're right. There was a snow day, and uh, I really had nothing to do all day. And I was like, well. It's time. It's time. It's, it's, Let's it's, do it's time this. To get it rolling, so, uh, <laughs> thank you, Snow. Thank you, thank Snow. You, Snow. Yeah. Praise. Um, we locked ourselves in that media suite. Not no, not even the media suite. No, we locked ourselves uh, in the, the common room. in the common area, and we're we're lucky enough to have nobody walk in or out for an entire hour, which that, I still that is absurd. Because I I guarantee you, if we go in that room again, we will not ever have another one hour period where nobody goes in or out i think that was like once in a lifetime yeah it is it is packed always and <laughs> it's supposed to be a study room it is not a study room it is just in the library no in the uh common room it's just people just go there and hang out oh no yeah it's yeah. It's, it's it's technically a quiet lounge it's, but it's yeah. not quiet yeah no, no um so we're gonna get right into it we got um big championship game was this past week kind of boring i'll be honest it was boring, but, but you know, I'm I'm happy. You know, we got I'm, the expected uh, outcome, right? I'm happy. You know, I picked Nova to win, so I did not. First time ever happening. Um, it's crazy how dominant they were. I mean, I knew they didn't really have a tough matchup until the Kansas game, I would say. And they handled Kansas. And they they waxed Kansas. Probably broke a sweat. Well, they start off twenty-one to four. Yeah, it's, they just were knocking down threes, and um, I I didn't see Michigan competing honestly. Like, I know they were three seed, but. The way Nova handled Kansas, I think, kind of set up the uh, the perfect storm for Michigan fans. Yeah. You know, I think uh, if Michigan had any chance of winning that game, it was going to be with Moritz Wagner, because he's he's a matchup nightmare no matter who you play against. Because mm-hmm. he can he's like a stretch five if that exists. Because he's seven feet tall but can hit from three and does everything. Dante Divincenzo, wow, coming right? off the bench, yeah, coming off the bench. It's crazy. Um, thirty-seven minutes, thirty-one points. Is that sound right? He had thirty-one. 31. He had thirty-one. So that's like almost half of the team's points. Yeah, and really. For a bench player, that's um, that's what you need. I think that's honestly a microcosm of Villanova. I mean, they yes, they have a great team, but it was their ability to have guys step up each game. You know, different guys stepping up each game, and um, you know, he was obviously the hero in the championship. But overall, I think. This was one of the more dominant teams we've seen. I mean, for sure, in the past couple of years, it's been a lot of close games, um, and they, they didn't have any. So, I mean, and and talk about Divincenzo. That's something that he was doing all tournament. If you remember uh, Kansas game, everybody was shooting so well. Um, the West Virginia game. That was the game when Virginia, or not Virginia, Villanova, yeah. their starters couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. DiVincenzo comes off the bench, lights it up, keeps him in the game, and then second half, it's it's all that starting five. DiVincenzo hardly sees the basket. Yeah, um, how was he during the regular season? Because I'm surprised to see a guy like that coming off the bench. Um, you know, he obviously, I didn't really follow too much during the regular season, but um, he impressed me all tournament. I'm surprised he didn't find himself in the starting five. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think he's a an NBA pick. Yeah, in the mock drafts I've seen on um, NBAMock.com, I think is what it is. They they said DiVincenzo could go. 
And he could, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes the players that aren't the best on their college teams are the they, ones that I'm getting drafted. Yeah, they're going to be, um, you look at like, it's more about projections, I think. What he's exactly. projected to be, you know, trending upward. You know, a lot of times you're drafting potential, you know. Right. You're drafting who you think in the future is going to be the best for your franchise. And, um, he definitely helped his stock this tournament, you know. Yeah, I mean, DiVincenzo, he's, he's the kind of guy who we saw at this tournament who can come off the bench for any NBA team and be a spark plug for that second team. He can, right. he can catch fire in an instant. But then you step back and look at the tournament as a whole. Obviously, Virginia beating Michigan was kind of uncharacteristic of how everything else went. But where would you rank this in Virgin- your lifetime? Did I say Virginia? I meant I meant Villanova. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm messing up. Second time you've done that today. Yeah, uh, it's uh, not a good one. But yeah. hey, third podcast. That's true. Um, we're young. We're young. We're young. Um, you look at the tournament as a whole. Where does this rank in tournaments that you've followed in your lifetime? Well, where does this rank? As a whole, I think it's got to rank up there. Top top two or three. I mean, yeah. I, I personally, uh, 20, must have been 2015. The Kentucky, they had the undefeated season. The big storyline was can can they go undefeated? I think they would have been the first team to achieve that. Yeah. So in um, men's in men's yeah, yeah. obviously UConn in women's but yeah that was a, a a great tournament but it was very um, top seed heavy you know you had Wisconsin knocking off Kentucky which was a, a great game and then Duke eventually winning you know that's three one seeds in the final four. And a lot of people that that Wisconsin team that beat Kentucky in 2015, people remember that Kentucky team as Carl Anthony Towns, Willie Cauley Stein, Devin Booker, the Harrison twins. Right? Yeah. Everybody forgets that Wisconsin team was Sam Decker and, and Frank Kaminsky, who were both above average bench players in the NBA. Yeah, Kaminsky, he was a stud. He was a stud on that team. Frank um, the Tank. Frank the Tank, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I didn't think there was any question once we got to the Sweet 16. Um, Nova was the favorite. Yeah, and they they rolled their way through. Um, but I gotta say, this this final game was kind of kind of crappy. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, look at two years ago, twenty sixteen, that Nova UNC game, probably one of the craziest endings I think I've ever seen any sport. You mm-hmm. know, when they um, North Carolina hits three to tie it up, and then you know four seconds later Nova hits a three to win it. So that was that was the best final game I think I've ever seen. This this could be the best tournament. You know, and I think Loyola Chicago plays a big part in that. You see 11 seeds, pretty much like 11 seeds and up, they make a run. It's pretty much if they make the Sweet 16, it's, it's a big storyline. Right. They made it all the way to Final Four. It's It's crazy. insane. It's one of the best um, stories. And they almost got done against Michigan. They ran out of steam at the end, but they were up well into the second half. They were up with 10 minutes left. Yeah, I and mean. And then Michigan went on a 27-4 run. You could tell they were, they were losing it. Yeah. I don't know. Not knocking down shots, but. um. Tell you what, though. Loyola, Chicago, and Villanova. You say what you want. You can say that Villanova would have killed them by 40. I think that would have been a very good game. Two suffocating think, defenses, yeah. two lights-out shooting teams. I think that would have been a great game. I guess it depends on the night. I mean, Loyola Chicago is cold, and it's they're pretty much done. So, right. um, yeah, you know, they catch fire. They, they could have made it a close one. But the Michigan team was a bit more sound, I think, overall than uh, yeah. Loyola was. But, um, yeah, I think I would have much rather seen Loyola Chicago and Nova, I know on last week's podcast, that's the final game of my picks. I wanted to see it, but um, you know, Michigan's still still a good yeah. a good team to watch. And when we talk about this tournament, we obviously the the big upset or not upset, but Cinderella we're going to talk about is Loyola. But it wasn't even just Loyola; it was UMBC and Kansas State and Virginia oh, yeah. Tech oh, yeah. and all them. That's if, that's why to me personally, this tournament ranks number one, even even with last year when the heels beat. Gonzaga, just because even my bracket was red, it was it was redder than a sunburned zebra, Joe. But uh, it was it had to have been my favorite tournament. 
just because of all the emotional swings we went through. Yeah, what, what you said, I, that's crazy. That I feel like a 16 beating the one for the first time ever. Honestly, I, all I've been thinking about is Loyal Chicago. It's like... Everyone forgets about yeah, UFC. Yeah, like I'm, I'm forgetting about that. I'm forgetting about, like, Arizona was, like, consensus. People had them in the Final Four. Yeah. Most experts had them in the Final Four. And they lose first round. It's like, yeah, so many... You just... You said your bracket... You joked about how bad your bracket was. I, th- I think that was everyone. Think, yeah, you're right. I mean, mine ended up being 85%, which is oh, not look bad. at you. Yeah, dude, I, I was... Mine was a joke. But <laughs> Nova... Honestly, Nova winning was, like... It just kept going on. Yeah. You know, that kind of bailed me out there. But, yeah, I think no one really had a, a great bracket. And, honestly, that's... I feel like it's no fun if you if it's the perfect... You know? you like That's why right. we love the tournament, is how unpredictable these games are. And uh, this year definitely epitomized that, you know? I, I can't wait for next year. I don't know about you. Always. But it's I always... I cannot wait. It's... I love March. Love March. It's April now. I'm, I'm sad March is over. It's, <laughs> it's just a great... So much going on. So, um... Well, yeah, what, what do you think? You, you got your, your college basketball fixed for today? Because the last time we're going to talk about college basketball until probably the NBA draft. Yeah. Yes. Are you satisfied? Can we move on? I'm, I'm satisfied. All right. So, we're going to talk about... <laughs> we're going to talk about the Hart Trophy now. The, oh, the, switching gears. Yeah, switching gears, switching to, gears to NHL. This is a, a good race... There's about a million and one different guys who can make a case for the Hart Trophy. What's what's your top five? Uh, my top five, I'm going to go with In No Order. In No, in order. no order. I'll go Taylor Hall. Okay. This comes to mind. Um, Nathan McKinnon, those are two guys who have, their teams have improved so much in, in large part to them. Um, you can't not say Conor McDavid. I know the Oilers are in a tough spot. They have been all season, but um, he's the leader in points in the NHL. And then Nikita Kucherov, he's been... Solid the whole year through. He's consistently been in the top two or three scoring um, all year. And a guy who's had a sneaky season, uh, Anze Kopitar. I yeah. Mean, he's got 91 points on the LA team that kind of flies under the radar. They clinched the playoffs recently. so um. And he's got 40-something more points than the next highest guy on that team, too, which oh, yeah, that's, epitomizes that, value. That's same with Hall, too, yeah. yeah. it's That's crazy. I mean, that LA team is usually very deep. and uh, He's always been a, a core piece of that. But I think, yeah, his... You can't deny how valuable he's been. Like you said, he's he's so much right. above um, that next leading scorer. And uh, so yeah, that's my top five. What about, what about you? Let you me got, before you before I tell you mine. Let me throw yeah. a question at you. Yeah. A little ad lib question. Okay. See if you're quick on your feet. I know there's a, there's the Vezina Trophy for goalies, but if you had to pick one goalie to be a Hart Trophy candidate, is it Helchuk? Is it Pekarene? Who is it? I mean, I'm gonna go Pekarene. Pekarene. He's just a rock back there for um. Best goalie for the best team. Can't go wrong there. That that team is just, you know, in the back end is just loaded, and he, he's a big part of that. You know, everyone talks about that top four decor with uh, they got Subban, Ellis, Ekholm, and Yossi as their top four D. But so that kind of, that's why he flies on the radar sometimes. But big goalie, like six, maybe six, six. Yeah. Just takes up a lot of the net, and uh, he's killing in pretty much every category. You know, he's got a, he's got a 2.32 save, uh, goals against average. Point nine two seven save percentage. He's just had a very good season, and um, he has for a while now. You know, I think he's established himself in that elite category for how he's played over you know, the past five years. You know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he kind of got not necessarily him. Everyone knew he was good, but he got his team to burst onto the scene last year at that trip to the conference to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, the conference finals, Stanley Cup Finals. Everyone was really impressed with them last year, but they were the last team to make the playoffs. Yeah, and it's crazy that that playoff run was. Not expected at all. They yeah, they lost the Stanley Cup, but they have completely built off that playoff run 
and yeah, they've established themselves as one of the best regular season teams. So we'll see if it can translate into playoff success. Uh, but um, I don't think there's a weakness here with this team. Honestly. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, Curbs Curbs said it last week, right? He's they what they've built in Nashville is something incredible, and they're building not only for now but for the future. I'm gonna be really good. And it starts with Pecorino. Um, my five guys, I'm I'm gonna agree with you, Taylor Hall. That's not my bias. That's my logic kicking in. I don't know how you can't have Taylor Hall as at least a top five candidate for this award, right? If Taylor Hall is not wearing a number nine for the New Jersey Devils, where are they right now? It's the same with McKinnon. You know? Same thing with McKinnon. Exactly. But um, I do agree. I think I think the supporting, the supporting cast around Halsey is just not It's not there. I mean, they're a very young team. You know, they're two best players other than Halsey. You're two rookies. It's Jesper Bratt and it's Heischer. Heischer, yeah. Heischer is 19. Yeah, young, um, very immature, but yeah, I think his honestly his leadership goes unnoticed. You know, he's kind of he's more of a quiet guy. You know, very humble, but um, he's shown the young guys the ropes. You can see it. You know, with the way they're playing and for sure his speed and um, energy he plays with has it's transpired throughout the whole roster. And that's something I haven't really seen from the Devils until he came here. They were never really a fast team, and now they're just on top of you. You know, every yeah. game it's um their forechecks relentless, and uh yeah, it starts with him, like you said. You know, he's. He's definitely put himself in that category as a hard trophy finalist for sure. There was one point late December, early January when Halsey was out for nine or ten games, and that they, they looked lost. They looked absolutely lost, that's and that's point, yeah. that's when their skid started because they used to they were at at one point first place, second place in the Metro Division. Now they're hardly holding on to a wild card spot, and it's because Taylor Hall for that period of time was gone. They had nobody to turn to. It mm-hmm. was it was like leadership by committee, and that never works. And then Halsey comes back, and they win three or four straight. And he had that 26-game point streak, which which I don't think can go unnoticed by the committee. And it's funny, because this is the last point I'll make about him yeah. before I move on. Yeah, yeah. I'm spending a lot of time on Taylor Hall. Um, I was looking at NHL.com's preseason playoff picks and who they picked, like the eight teams they picked. Yeah. Buffalo got a vote. Ottawa Buffalo. got a vote. Really? Nobody put the Devils in. I think that's like, Were they? the fact that Buffalo has been so bad for so long. And... There is an analyst who thought that they were more likely to make the playoffs than the New Jersey Devils, and now they're competing for a, a spot in the Metro Division. I think the Devils are one of the most uninteresting teams until this year. I mean, it's not a huge market. I mean, because they're surrounded by uh, the Rangers in New York, but um, not even that. They're surrounded by the Yankees and the Mets and the Knicks and the Jets yeah, and yeah. every other sport. It's just not like it's not a hockey market. You know, it's not a hockey city. It's all changed this year, and uh, Halsey, huge, huge part. You know, huge. Uh, Kudos to him for uh, bringing hockey back to right. the Jersey area. Even if he doesn't win the Hart Trophy, he has inspired so much. Not inspired, but he has instilled so much in- excitement in New Jersey hockey yep. for years to come. Um, and then going along the same boundaries as as Taylor Hall is Nathan McKinnon, as you mentioned. Same thing for Halls you can say about him in Colorado, right? Because Matthew Shane leaves midseason. A whole bunch of locker room issues. He's got Colorado on the break of the playoff spot, too. I know. It's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, he's got a little bit better of a supporting cast than Taylor Hall. I mean, Landis and granted, uh, Miko Ratnan, I think he makes Ratnan better. But it's still, I think it's a more I think it's a more daunting supporting cast, you know. But, again, you take either of those guys away from the team, they're, they're nowhere near a playoff spot. So For sure. They definitely, for me, they're one and two. I know I didn't give an order, but if I'm giving my order now, it's them, one, two. Um, Me too. Yeah. And then I know you said Kucherov, and that, if he, Kucherov can be the favorite if you want to use a totally different set of guidelines to pick this. If you want, if you think the MVP award is one of the best players on one of the best teams, because, I mean, the best team I think we could say is Nashville, right? But I don't think they have any one individual player who's... Yeah, they're, they're more of a, they're a team. You know? And same thing with Boston. They're a collective. 
Yeah. And that's where he, where Kudrov comes in because he's been especially that he had a, such a hot streak the first half of the season. He was the Hart Trophy favorite by a landslide, and he's based on what he did then and the fact that he's a great player on a great team. He's going to be one of the finalists, I think. And I don't think he's tailed off too 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 much. You know? I don't either. I mean, he came out yeah yeah like ten goals in ten games, but like no one saw him continuing that. Being, like it's just you can't expect to have someone you know things happen but um yeah he's just he's always been a consistent goal scorer the past couple of years and this season he's really put down the display a very high powered Tampa offense um he's definitely makes that makes that team go for sure um and then this is where we split I'm not gonna take Connor McDavid you Joe you know me I'm the biggest Connor McDavid guy you, you got a jersey didn't you? I have his jersey you did you got it, yep I have a Connor McDavid jersey hanging in my closet that I wear to bed sometimes I can admit that. <laughs> And I don't think he can be a hard trophy candidate simply because, yes, he's great, but he's also 20 points away from a playoff spot. And mm-hmm. when you interpret most valuable player, where is the value if you're not competing for the playoffs? It's always a debate that comes into play. Um, how valuable, like how good are you versus how valuable are you to your team? Exactly. I think he's extremely valuable to the Oilers, but unfortunately, you, know, you, you can look at stats. You know, their their team is not good. They're a mess. You know, but him personally, he's had. Another incredible season. Hundred percent. He's gonna end. That's two years in a row with over hundred points. He'll end the season as a leading point scorer. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, but like you, you expect that from him. You would you expected more was there, like no Edmonton fan is happy with this season regardless right. of how he's played. Um, Especially they had no reason. Season. They had no reason to be. I mean they they set the bar high last season. They set the standard and um, they haven't upheld that standard yeah. this year. So uh, I'm still I still have McDavid on my on my finalists, but. I can see where you're coming from. Right. Yeah. I, I, one thing that I can relate this to is, as a baseball guy, a couple of years ago, 2014, 2015, that ever contested when Miguel Cabrera was back in his prime. AL MVP, is it going to be the veteran stud Miguel Cabrera, or is it the up-and-coming second-year, third-year Mike Trout? Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, Mike Trout is so much more valuable to the Angels. But Miguel Cabrera is so much better statistically than Mike Trout. And they were... Put- was that, that was like his triple crown year. That was the year close? after. No, oh, his, yeah, his no. triple crown year, he, everybody knew. He yeah, 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 yeah. But the year after, even the year after that, I mean, it was Cabrera versus Trout for two or three years in a row. And it was always that that argument of, is it best player or is it most valuable player? And that's it was a hotly contested subject. Mm-hmm. Um, my last two, as a Devils fan, this pains me. These Both of these guys do. But I think they deserve their attention. The first one's Claude Giroux from Flyers. Um, he's, he's having a career year. He's 32 years old. He's having a career year. He's got 97 points. He's going to reach 100, I think. He Three points in two games is doable for a guy who already has 97, right? He's got Philly in the playoff on. They were another team who was not really expected to do much this year. They were a little more favorably picked than the Devils were. but um, Yeah, they, were, they had that stretch where they lost about 10 games in a row, wasn't yeah. it? So, like, I think at that point, everyone was like, eh, mm-hmm. like... They're done, but yeah, he's, he's definitely on. Um, and that, that team, it's, it's that team is, um, that's a good team. They're tough it's to play him, against. It's, it's Konechny. It's a couple other guys whose name Vorchek. are... Vorchek. That's who it is, Vorchek. And then the last guy I have in this this hard trophy race is uh, Malkin, Vinny Malkin. Okay. Uh, same thing as Giroux. He's had a career year, 96 points, 42 goals, 54 assists. He's already got the, the Penguins in a playoff spot. And they're playing very good hockey right Yeah, now, and you could say, oh, it's a team effort. It's him, it's Sidney Crosby, it's Phil Kessel, it's everybody. But I think that he's one of the guys that... Is kind of under Sidney Crosby's shadow because a casual hockey fan they know Sidney Crosby they may not necessarily know him, but I think he's he's one of the driving forces of this this playoff push that the Penguins are making. I agree with Malkin. He's been, you know him and Phil Kessel as well. Yeah, they're leading that team in points, which is 
crazy when you know because you always think about Crossy, but um, they just have such a loaded roster. Everyone's gonna, you know, put their points in, put their points up. But um, Drew, I mean, I, one thing I look at, he, he's a lot of, you know, points are points, but you know, he's he's leading, he's close in the lead for um getting secondary assists. Which don't get me wrong, there's still points, but I think it's not as as uh, impressive. Yeah, I don't think it's as impressive as goals. I think goals are harder to get. And yeah, I think secondary assists, um, they're great. Don't get me wrong, you know, you love to get them, but um, they st- it's a stat pattern. Let's be honest. It is, yeah. Secondary, yeah, I mean, a goalie can get a secondary assist. You can't just look at. For me, I don't. I feel like people look at stats. They read the stats too much. I think you gotta really watch the game. Right. To see, you know, I'm not taking. I'm not trying to take anything away. Every every one of these guys that we've mentioned, phenomenal, in what they've done this season. But you really gotta watch the game to understand, you know, how valuable a guy is to his team. And the reason I had McDavid up there is just he does so much just by himself. I mean, yeah, it's a team sport, but he will just skate the puck end to end, like in like the blink of an eye, and just dish it over to one of his teammates for a goal. It's like that to me is more impressive than a guy who you know is playing with with a, probably a more talented supporting cast, right? Um, like Giroux has, but you know, like I said, all these guys, you, you, I'm not taking anything away from any of them, and um, yeah, it's, I think it's. It's going to be a tight race. Um, who do you got win? You know, we've given our top five. Who do you got win, do you think? Who do I have winning? I mean, I think we can both agree that it's Hart and McKinnon. Not Hart. <laughs> Friggin' Hart's Hart's going to win the Hart. Hall. Taylor Hall. Yeah, Hall. I think, yeah, we both said that Hart. Uh, bleh, Hall and McKinnon. I personally, I got Hall. Uh, yeah, me too. I got I, Hall. I, here's the thing. I think it's going to depend on, my, my opinion has been, if the Avs miss the playoffs, McKinnon doesn't get the Hart trophy. Because they're on the edge right now. Yeah, I no think, one ever wins this trophy not making the postseason. I think I read so. the last time it happened was tw- uh, 1988. Yeah, it was a long time. It's, it doesn't happen. So, um, um, who was it? Uh, Lemieux. Mario Lemieux. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I think if they both make the playoffs, it'll be a toss-up. I think if the Devils get a spot in those divisional playoffs as opposed to the wildcard, because that's closer now, right? It's Penguins, Penguins, Jackets, Devils, Flyers have all played 80 games. Penguins and Jackets have 96. Devils have 95. Flyers have 94. I think if the Devils can sneak into one of those division spots past the Jackets or past the Penguins... Mm-hmm. You give it to Hall? I give it to Hall. You give as it to Hall? Yeah. yeah. Especially considering he right now he's on a 6, 7, 8 game point. I forget what number it is, but he's on a crazy point streak now. And when you talk about... Um, the, the importance of recency in voting for this kind of thing. It's a lot better to be hot towards the end of the season than to be cold towards the end of the season because that's, what, that's yeah. what voters remember. And that's so, what matters the most, I think, you know, how you're playing come playoff time. Right. So, yeah, definitely um, agree there. And then as a goalie, just just for shits. Oh, yeah, who do you uh, take as a, as a goalie? You're going to like – how about Tuka? Tuka Rask. Yeah? You got, um, I think – I think his last – I can see that. I mean – Take away the game against Tampa Bay when they lost 4 nothing. Hold on, I'm going to make a case. Yeah, yeah, make, Make the games case. before that, he was something like 31, like 30 wins, one loss, three overtime losses in his last 34. That is incredible. That is like 2015 carry price good. Like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I think if we're going to take a goalie, I'm, I'm going to take Tuka Rask. I don't think he's in the top five. I don't think he's in the top ten. But I think if you're going to take a goalie, I'm going to take Tuka Yeah, Tuka's, Tuka's great, honestly. He, is not, he does not get enough due for what he's done for the Bruins. It's the thing is, he... He makes some of the most incredible saves you'll see. Like, I don't know if you saw that Bruins game. They played tr- uh, Tampa at Boston. Was that when they That's won? Right? They won. They won. Okay, because lost one nothing last night or two nights he's, ago. He's stuffed Kucherov. Kucherov, where he had like the whole net to shoot at. Yeah. 
and he just had the instinct to, to track that pocket out. But the thing is, he'll just he'll break your heart with like a letting a softy in <laughs> in a huge in a huge moment. Yeah. So that's just one thing that that's why I think he drives Bruins fans crazy. But like, he's so consistent. I mean, exactly. That's what I was gonna yeah, say. I mean, it's he, not like it matters to the hard trophy. I think but. I think you can definitely rely on him. Yeah. Um, in the playoffs this year, but he's um, been so good for so many years, and that doesn't matter when you vote for one season. But he's been consistently above average for the Bruins. Oh, for for sure. You know, he's just. He's such a natural competitor. He um, he'll throw tantrums a lot. No, know, yeah, giving goals, but you know it just shows how much he wants it. And um, I'm a big Tuka guy. I don't like I said. I don't think he gets enough credit um, in the city of Boston. But that part of that has to do with just our fans. I'll say even as a Boston fan, we uh, we're very harsh on our players. <laughs> well, that'll definitely be a fun race to watch, no matter how it plays out. That's when does it get announced? When does Hart Trophy get announced? The Hart Trophy gets announced. Like how long after the regular season usually? I don't know what these. Well, I know days, it's. But... It's at the NHL Awards. When is that? I don't know. In Vegas. Uh, quick fact check here. Quick fact check. TBD. To be determined. Perfect. Wow, okay. So to be determined. We don't know. Maybe never. I know. Maybe they'll leave us on the edge of our seats for the rest of time. That would be, a, that'd be a nightmare. That would be, be not cool. So we're going to segue now um, into a, a new segment. Kind of like what we did last week with your homework game. Um, we both had a lot of fun with that. So what yeah. we're, we're going to try to do now and for every week going forward is have one segment where it's less news and more opinion, like pick them kind of thing, right? Yeah, kind of like, almost like fantasy kind of like style, fantasy. but uh, more like in-depth, I guess. Right. Yeah. And so this week we decided with the NBA playoffs coming up, that ever-popular question is going to come up, can LeBron lead his team to the finals? That every year it gets asked and every mm-hmm. year it gets answered. Yeah. And so what we did is we took LeBron James, and our job was to build a starting five around LeBron James that we think can beat the Golden State Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to prevent us from picking James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins? There are restrictions here. You know, we, we, ha- we couldn't just keep it open because you can just, like, pretty much like the Warriors, they just put a super team together around LeBron and be like, yeah, they're going to win. That's a little uh, too easy, so what we did is we put a cap on how good the player can be using NBA 2K18 ratings. That's I thought that was gonna be fun. We use we use 2K ratings yeah. to determine it. Um, they can't be a top 20 player, right? Mm-hmm. Based on that rating, yeah. Based on that rating, which I think the cutoff was Andre Drummond to 88. 88, yeah. So there's no Andre Drummond, yeah. and there's nobody better than that. And they also weren't allowed to be the highest overall on that team. Yeah, so like Zach Randolph, I I wanted to pick him. At, he was at 80. Yeah. Which was the highest right. in the Kings. Those, those Kings. So so it's, it's, let me tell yeah, you, it was it was it was tough. I'm like, it was tough to decide. Yeah. So um, that kind of screwed me too. I was I was looking at De- uh, Devin Booker, but he's oh, yeah. far and wide the best player on, on yes. the side. So I yes. do that. So yeah. So that the, the job was to pick a starting five based on those restrictions because it needs to have at least a little bit of analysis, right? We can't just pick the perennial. We can't pick Giannis at power forward and and yeah, James Harden. It's, and, it's too easy. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, too easy. A team like LeBron for how good he is, he doesn't need that. Exactly. Type of supporting cast. So, um, it was more like I, more role players, you know, guys who might fly under the radar. Right. But um, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to do you name a position, I name a position, or do you want to do your five and then my five? Let's go position. So all right. So obviously LeBron at small forward. Right. Ninety-seven overall LeBron James. Yeah. Small forward. Point guard. You Who'd go. You? you start. You start. No, I'll let you start. Mine's right. gonna, gonna spark some controversy, so I'll let you start. All right, I'll start. Well, both of ours are gonna spark controversy. So what does it matter? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm high on this guy. We, we both took rookies, actually. Uh, spoiler alert to Will's guy. But, uh, De'Aaron Fox 
first year guy. Um, I picked him. I mean, he's it's no question how good of an athlete he is. He's crazy explosive on the on the court. And I wanted to pick. I wanted each guy to possess a different skill set. You know, he's obviously fast, yeah, but he can distribute the ball extremely well. Yeah. Um, and that's what you need. And you know, Le- LeBron is the guy who's he has the ball a lot. So Fox, the, the situation he's on, the one downside to him is he, he has the ball a lot, but that's partially because of the system he's in. He doesn't have the supporting cast. So um, a point guard for me. I'm all about the ball-moving point guard as opposed to a guy like Russell Westbrook who just kind of takes it himself. So I, I like Fox's game just because of how, how well he sees the court. And um, LeBron, you know, LeBron's a superior like a superior athlete to anyone in the league, but Fox is definitely not you know far off. I think he's one of the more sure. athletic, more explosive guys. So uh, who do you got at now, point guard? I actually went with a last-minute change. Oh, you did? My guy is not a rookie. Oh, you didn't go ball. I did not go with oh, my okay, boy Lonzo okay. Ball. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was, I was thinking about that that court vision. I thought Lonzo Ball would have been perfect because he's got the court vision. He's played that pretty good defense this season. Yeah, better, better than really expected, too. yeah. And he can rebound. And if he's got LeBron James on his team, he doesn't have to shoot. Mm-hmm. He can do everything else, which is what he's, he, he hasn't. He, like I said before, he, along with the Villanova starting five in yeah. the team, Lonzo Ball cannot hit water if he falls out of a boat. That's how bad he's shooting. He's shooting, what, 35%. But I didn't go with him. Instead, I took, from the Brooklyn Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie, a 79 overall point guard. Not gonna lie, I, I, I don't, don't blame I you. I don't know who that is. I don't blame you for not knowing who it is. Um, <laughs> what a name, though, huh? What Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Um, here's the thing. Love it. First of all, he's got the clutch factor. He, time and time again, hits... Huge shots for the Nets. Now, albeit it's for the Nets, so it doesn't really get national attention, nor should it because yeah. it's the Nets. But he, he hits these clutch shots, which is important because LeBron isn't always as clutch as he has to be. And that's been one of the problems in his game for a while. Also, I looked at LeBron's championship teams, not so much when he was with the Cavs that one year, yeah. but when he was with the Heat and the types of players they had there. You know who the point guard was on those Heat teams, 2012, 2013, 2014? Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. Yep. Where is Mario Chalmers now? Was Mario Chalmers ever an all-star? Was no, Mario no. Chalmers ever an above-average point guard? I, I would not. He, no, he I would, not, The answer is no. Not, he was not. Uh, he's not. So LeBron showed that he can win without an elite point guard. And as a ma- he also he showed that he's sometimes better. When he doesn't have an elite point guard, because he yeah, because he honestly sometimes he takes on that role as right the ball uh the guy, you know he has a ball all the time which is a characteristic uh, he can play point guard if he has he can play anything. he's done that before he's yeah, played he, point guard he before play. he played with Kyrie for for three years mm-hmm. won a ring once fine yeah lost the finals twice with Kyrie this year now you can say what you want about how this year went. I look at Isaiah Thomas as a mixture of both, of him being a lead point guard, running the ball, and injury, so it just didn't work out. But that was a mess from the start. Um, so, yeah, I took Dinwiddie. Uh, just because I, I like Din- I like the name. So. Spencer Dinwiddie. I like Rolls that. off the top. Big fan. Uh, shooting guard, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go. Um, I'm going with Avery Bradley. Uh, former Celtic, former Piston, and recently uh, was traded to the LA Clippers. But I've always been a fan of Bradley's game. I think... He's fine. He's such a team player that he's fine with whatever role he's in, and I think that's what you need um, when you're playing with LeBron. You know, like you have to take that back seat to him. I think a lot, a lot of guys, an ego can get in the way of that. And um, we saw with Kyrie, you know, one of that that uh, bigger role, and it the same way. It's just 
you're not going to have that when you're playing with LeBron. So, uh, but more of his, his skill set plays lockdown D, um, one of the best defenders in the NBA. And, you know, he forces turnovers. I think just, you know, like I said, Fox, he's got the athleticism, the ball distribution. LeBron sometimes plays a little bit lackluster D. I think he's a great defender. I just think he doesn't always have the energy, you know, with the amount of minutes he plays to play full-on defense um, when you're asking him to put up as many points as he, as he does. So uh, Bradley is a relentless defender that um, any team can benefit from. But I think LeBron, I think that, that would definitely work well with uh, on a team you know led, led by LeBron. So Yeah, Bradley, obviously, uh, one of the best defensive players in the league. Mm-hmm. He, I, that's, uh, I'll be honest, that's a, a category that I completely overlooked when I was making this this starting five. Defense was not something that crossed my mind. That's okay. My shooting guard, this is where I got my rookie from. Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz, 83 okay. overall. Not a lot, uh, I shouldn't say not a lot of playing time because he's been an absolute monster this year. Not a lot of experience. Yeah. But like you said with Fox, if you want to talk about raw athleticism, Donovan Mitchell, highlight real plays every single night he steps onto the court. He's a rookie and he has led this Jazz, him and Rudy Gobert have led this Jazz team to a pretty good spot in the, in the playoffs. They're that four seed right now. In the yeah, West. That's, that's impressive without... In a tough West. I mean, they got rid of Hayward. Everyone thought they were done. So, yeah, this is a huge... Uh, I mean, he's been... A he's got stepped up. He's averaging north of 20 points. He doesn't have those assist numbers that you want, but two things. One, he's a shooting guard, mm-hmm. so passing is not his primary skill. Yeah, for sure. Two, he can pass. He just doesn't get the number. I'm trying, he has good court vision, and he can find the open guy. That doesn't always necessarily translate into an assist, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, no. sometimes it's a pass to set up a play, or they chuck it up a three and, and break it. Most of the times when he passes, it's to set up another play somewhere else to, to get the bucket, but he doesn't get credit for it. Yeah, so his lack of assists is not an indication of him being a ball hog. He's know? not a ball hog. He's a, yeah, he, so that's, yeah, that's a good, very good but, point. Yeah, there. so I'm with him. And, I mean, if you want to compare it to the 2012, 2013, 2014 teams, 2014 teams, I'm sorry, he can be a very loose comparison to... Dwayne Wade those years, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably a stretch because Dwayne Wade is so great. I feel like I'm I'm breaking a law by comparing a rookie to Dwayne Wade. But that's what that team was. It was that big three. It was LeBron a small forward. Yeah. It was a really good shooting guard. And it was a really good power forward slash center, which I'll get into later. So, yeah, that's why I took I took Donovan Mitchell, which was nice because Gobert's that best player in Utah. So, that was for me, that was a gimme. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a good pick. Um, small forward, obviously, both on LeBron. Powerful. So let's get, let's get the front court. Um, I'm with Dirk Nowitzki. Nowitzki. The, the German. Yeah, the, uh, you know, he's like 39 right now. Fadeaway king. 39. Um, this was more of a veteran leadership type of thing. I think the team I have right now is pretty young. Even LeBron can show signs of immaturity at times, you know, with just his ego being too big, you know. <laughs> but um, I think Dirk is a – he's – Proven, you know, in, in big moments to um, be a clutch performer. I mean, he beat LeBron. He's got final experience. He he won he won the finals and he right played very well in that. So I think I think that experience is honestly the main reason I picked him. Um, obviously he's tailed off the past couple of years, but he's still he's averaging roughly twelve points a game. I mean, that's what happens when you get old. He's yeah. he's balding like it's just with age. But uh, he's had a phenomenal career, and uh, I still think I still think he's a solid player. He'll more of a role player now as opposed to what he was. Uh, earlier in his career, so yeah, I went Dirk. with kind of the same mindset that veteran leadership. 
This one might come as a surprise, maybe a conflict of interest between LeBron and this guy. But I'd like Blake Griffin at power forward. He's not the best player on the Pistons. That's Drummond. Yeah. Um, he's an 86 overall. That's a steal. I, that's a steal, that's right a steal yeah. because he's a veteran. And you look at Dinwiddie, Mitchell, and the guy I'm going to say next, I don't want to give it away, but mm-hmm. those are all three very young guys. And LeBron always needs that extra lead, that extra veteran to kind of help lead. I took him because he's he's great in the paint. He's always top top of the league in, in dunks, which is huge. Not really huge, but <laughs> it's it, it shows that he can work. Pulls down rebounds, which he gets I, in the dirty areas. He, he's know? gritty. Yeah, puts people on posters every single night. He can rebound the ball. Donovan Mitchell not so much. Spencer Dinwiddie not so much. LeBron James, eh? I'm if I made a team with these five, I would use LeBron less as a rebounder and more as a everything else. Mm-hmm. So that's where my rebounds are going to come from. Blake Griffin and from my center, and he's a veteran and. He's a respected figure in the league too. He's not. He's got an ego, but he's not an asshole. Unless okay. unless he's playing the Rockets, then he's an asshole. I mean, on the court, it's it's competitiveness. Yeah, sometimes it gets exactly out of control. But honestly, that's as long as he's not. Yeah, like you said, against the Rockets, as long as he's not doing that <laughs> consistently. Um, yeah. I like I like a little bit of fire. Guy with plays with some fire. Right, and you're gonna need that when you're playing in the NBA Finals against the Warriors, which is what this hypothetical was about. You can't you can't yeah. play in the finals and be a stick in the mud. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. Um, so now, last last but not least, yeah. the center position. Your center. I went Clint Capella. Um, when you went with the Rocket. I did. Right after I said Blake Griffin. Yeah, I, I did. Clint uh, Capella. Honestly, a similar reason to Griffin. He is a rebounding machine. Rebounding nut. Machine. I got my stats right here. He has 10.9 total boards this season. And he's young. He's like 22, 23 years old. 10.9. I think. 10.9 uh, boards a game. So, yeah. and honestly, his scoring doesn't get much credit, but I mean, his scoring's improved every season. He, you know, entered the league in 2014, averaging less than three a game. Next season went up to seven. Next season to 12. This season he has 14 points a game. But I'm not picking him because of his scoring. I'm picking him because. Of his playing the paint, and um, with LeBron, LeBron can do everything. You know, he can shoot, he can pass, he can rebound, he can defend. But you know, you want a guy, you don't want to depend on him for everything. And, um, exactly. Capella, strictly, his role is to rebound, get in that dirty area. Get he doesn't mind getting in those tough spots to come down with a board. Um, you know, he's he's a physical player, so uh, yeah, I think Capella would would suit LeBron's game very well. I think he'd suit any team well. But, um, so yeah, that's why yeah, I took him. For sure. My my two centers, I was going between Capella and I was going between hashtag trust the process. Embiid. Boy ended up picking Joel Embiid. Really? I love this man. Really? Unless he's playing my Lakers, then he can be an ass. Yeah. But I love this guy. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's He can rebound like crazy. He can physical score. Freak, physical freak. Physical freak. This is the guy who is going to be the second option, I think, before Blake Griffin for this team if LeBron, by some snowball's chance in hell, has a cold night. It's going to be Joel Embiid. I kind of found a loophole here because I came into a predicament here that we didn't really discuss. He was not the highest-rated player on his team, but he was tied for the highest-rated player on his team. Him and Ben Simmons were both 84s. I didn't know that. I gave myself the benefit of the doubt because I just really wanted Joel Embiid on this team. That's that's commitment right. to your guy. I, I got to yeah. go with him. Yeah. I, I, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. So Joel Embiid, that's my guy. And that goes back to my point about that I made about Blake Griffin, that veteran leadership. Joel Embiid, 
Yeah, he's, he's he, can, really, he can lead a social really media campaign. No, he's not. He oh, can, yeah, yeah. He can lead a social media campaign on Twitter with a hashtag. He can't lead a team to the NBA Finals. And that's why Blake Griffin is so important. The only problem is LeBron, Griffin, and Beadle, and, and Donovan Mitchell, really, <clears throat> they all average north of 17 shots a game. Yeah, definitely. But that's also because they're their team's first and second options. Once you put them on a team with LeBron James, it, it'll be different. Donovan Mitchell definitely comes off to me as a type of guy who will take less shots for the better of the team. That's mm-hmm. just everything I've seen from him this year proves to me that he's that kind of guy. Blake Griffin, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Joel Embiid also. Joel Embiid, I feel like he already does it with, with Ben Simmons. He shares a role, and he'll be doing the same thing with LeBron. Yeah. So that's my five, Dinwiddie. 79 overall, Donovan Mitchell, 83, LeBron, Blake Griffin, 86, and Joel Embiid, 84. I think that team had a pretty legitimate shot at beating the Warriors. I feel like your team is more um, more star-focused than mine. You know, they're both good teams. I went more with – because I, I've seen how – you know, it's not – basketball's not just about the best players. So I went more um, – yeah, you got your guy in LeBron, you know, the top guy. I went all pretty much – You got your role players. More role players. Who I, you know, because that's in the – I mean, eh. You could say in the in the finals with Cleveland, I wouldn't say Kyrie's a role player, but everyone played their role. And LeBron, they kind of accepted LeBron as their leader. Yeah, with your team, your team is very talented. I don't know the Embiid. How's he gonna handle being a second option? You know, he already is a one A one B with Ben Simmons. He, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he views himself as that. I don't know. Well, maybe he doesn't view himself as it, but I don't think he'd have a problem with switching to it if it meant winning a ring. I don't think he has that type of personality. If it's DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard, yeah, he'd be pissed, and that's why I didn't pick either one of them. But I yeah. feel like Joel Embiid would handle them fine. Because he's not... Usually, when you see that kind of personality shift from somebody, it's because at their old team, they were under the spotlight. They were the guy. Yeah. There is no the guy for the Sixers team. There are a couple of the guys, and they all share the spotlight. That's, which, that's a good point, yeah. Especially with Fultz coming now, who's... I don't know if he's going to play in the playoffs, but next year... It's going to be a three-headed monster, and I think Embiid's going to handle it just fine. I think he's prepared himself for it, and I don't think I don't really think you can have an ego like that when you've when you're just finishing up your full your first full season of NBA basketball. I can't even say that because he's injured right now, but he's he's undergone so many injuries and and everything that you, you need to take what you can get as you get it, and then yeah. maybe develop an ego as you go forward. He's got a lot of hype around him. I think I think maybe that's why he he might be misunderstood as a people might view him as a cocky guy. Right, but um. Yeah, I think he's he's had a spotlight on him for you know, when he was coming up in Sudan. You know, just yeah, yeah. Like he he's always been um, there. I, I went with more of a more of a low key team. Yeah, you know, I got my humble guy and uh, <laughs> in Dirk, you know, Scrapper and Avery and uh, the athleticism with Capella and, and Fox. And for what it's worth, my sixth and seventh man, uh, it was Jordan Clarkson and Lou Williams. I know we weren't going going to go into a bench, but I was also concerned those guys. You were, yeah. Those are two of the best role players. Two of the best six men right now, right? Yeah, Clarkson's a six man at, at Cleveland. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, role players are important. But, I mean, even look at this year's team in Cleveland. It's LeBron, it's Kevin Love, and it's a bunch of role players. And where are they? They're fourth in the conference. Maybe fifth if Philly tops them tonight. I feel like you at least need to have one or two more stars with LeBron in order to compete. But LeBron also hasn't had a team full of role players like the ones you've built. I mean, if LeBron played with De'Aaron Fox and Dirk at the same time, that team would be nuts. Oh, insane, yeah. It's about the team. It's like, if you just put the best players on a team, you can't expect them. It's just because everyone will want the ball. You know, it's, I think with Golden State, it's the, they've kind of found the perfect mix. And um, 
that's what I tried to find here. I wouldn't call my team a super team, but it's certainly much better than the, the Cavs right. roster right now. Yeah. Same with yours. I think I think both of these teams would be really. I just I just really want to see how Donovan Mitchell would mesh with LeBron. I think that that could be such a terrifying one-two combo oh, if yeah. they mesh correctly, just because of Donovan Mitchell's athleticism and LeBron James's everything. <laughs> exactly, uh, but um, you know, unfortunately, this is a hypothetical. So, uh, oh, we'll have to maybe, we'll maybe have to wait one and day, see. Joe. Maybe one day we'll have to wait and see. Just on, while we're on the topic, do you see LeBron taking this team to the finals again? No, hell no. No, I mean, I know. You think it's the end of the end of the streak? Uh, as mu- it pains me to say it. And I know that there are basketball, like NBA basketball players everywhere who are like, oh, if you don't think LeBron's going to take his team to the finals, you don't know basketball because it's LeBron James. But we've never seen a LeBron James team this bad in the playoffs. Usually when LeBron James makes the playoffs, it's as a one seed or a two seed. Yeah, one or two, give or take, every year. Right. Um, Not even LeBron James can fix the worst chemistry issues or bring a team of LeBron James and Kevin Love and 11 role players to a finals. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Raptors have a great shot. I think the Celtics, they lost Kyrie Irving today, which I wish we could talk about, but we're running out of time, so we can't. Maybe next week for our playoffs stuff. Um, The favorites have to be right now Toronto, Cleveland, Philly. Oh, we're taking the Celtics in there? Nope. No? No Kyrie. No Kyrie, no Gordon. That was kind of the... I mean, they've they've also come this far without Gordon. I don't think that's going to... Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that was preseason pick. Yeah. You picked the Celtics because of those two. Right, and another one on the line. And another one on the line. Who's the left point guard? Rozier? Terry Rozier? Yeah, it's time for him to step up, but uh, I think I think Toronto takes it. The thing I don't feel right, I feel like betting against LeBron is like betting against Tom Brady. You know, every year he's going to, no matter what the record is, right. you get him in the playoffs, it's like it's a different beast. So. Um, and if we're talking about NHL this episode, betting against LeBron James is like betting against Pittsburgh. Exactly. It's like they, they just need to get in, but... I feel like this has been such a dysfunctional year for the the Cavs with everything oh, yeah. that's just not just on the court but off court as well. And, um, something just doesn't feel right, you know. So I, that's why I'm not too reluctant to pick against them. Um, I would have picked the Celtics in a heartbeat had Kyrie not been injured. Um, obviously, we wish him the best, but um, right. So yeah, I, I get I get Toronto. One more question before we wrap it up because we're at 55 minutes right now. That Western Conference. Houston or Golden State? Golden State. Yeah? Golden State. Always. <laughs> I respect it. Always. Um, I would love to see Houston, your boy Clint. Clint Capella make the finals. James Harden, Chris Paul. That's dynamic, yeah. dynamic team. And they've been They're, killing it. They'll be a, a test for them, for sure. I think you're probably they have been. right, though. Um, but I just, I don't know that. Golden State is what, they are what we thought they'd be. Right. You know, and they still are. So um, I love my Portland boys. I I hope that the Trailblazers yeah, can make yeah. a run. They could they fly under the radar. Damian Lillard sure. and CJ McCollum, in my opinion, is the best backcourt in the league. Don't have me. <laughs> they're they're right. so good. But yeah, it'll be good to watch. Yeah. Um, I think I think we're gonna wrap it up now. We're yeah, approaching an up. hour. Um, but as I do every at the end of every episode, Joe, how do you think this went? I think it went well. I think we're we're progressing. I like this uh this little game. We got going. Yeah. You know, I, think, I think it sparked some controversy between us. We started to raise our voices a little bit. It's a little less mundane and more active. Yeah, I know. think I think going in, we wanted to start just doing uh, just your basic sports talk. But you, you got to mix it up, you know. I think uh, we did a good, we've done a good job of that. Um, quickly, though, before we before we get off, Frozen 4 something we talked about right. a lot. Uh, obviously, we couldn't get to it today, but um, 
starts tonight. It's this weekend. It's Thursday night, or semis, and then Saturday night finals. So, what are you expecting uh, from that? I am just expecting a good Frozen Four. Yep. I know we made our picks last week. We did. I, I, I'm not going to pick it again because I'm not going to get it right. <laughs> but I'm expecting a great three games. I think it's going to be a great cap to not only college hockey, but winter sports as a whole. I think the uh, the Michigan-Ohio State storyline is what I'm looking at the most. Yeah. You know, I want to see that. that just when you, have a, when you have a rivalry like that, it's just uh, it's great for the sport, especially with schools that have hockey programs that are kind of second in, in, in comparison to their football programs and basketball right. programs. So um, look at Michigan Athletics. I mean, Final Four. How about them? Now, now Frozen Four. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It'll it'll be it'll be good. It always is. You know, it's always a great tournament. Um, one that I don't think gets enough recognition. So. I think I I do have to give you credit before we sign off because you have single handedly gotten me involved in the Frozen Four this year. I didn't watch a single bit of yeah. playoff college hockey, so I thank you. I'm a, I'm a fan. Growing up in the in the Boston area, it was something I always like to do. Like to do. I still do. Um, BCBU, Harvard, Northeastern, right? Right. In my area, so uh, yeah, that's kind of why I. Be- became a big college hockey fan and I'm, it's a ton of I'm glad to have uh turned you over to the <laughs> to the uh to college hockey. It's, it's a great it's it's fun. a great time. It's a great time. It's fun. It's fun. It's just so much passion, guys put so much passion. Yeah. Um so that's gonna be it. You can continue the conversation with us on Twitter or we're at, at Sports Rev Daily. Uh check out our Instagram Sporting Report Daily and our website www.sportingreportdaily.us. We're finally on iTunes, Joe. We made it. We made it? Mama, we made it. They accepted the RSS link. We're there. Check us out. Our we popularity are... right now is at zero okay, bars. Let's... We're going to change that. We're going to change that. You're going to start we'll somewhere. One. You're going to start somewhere. Got to start from the bottom. Now we're still we... at the bottom, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get we'll get there. But, yeah. So, so uh, how you start, it's about how you finish. <laughs> so, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to finish, ever. Yeah, true. Yeah, ever. We're yeah. going we're gonna to have this podcast until we're not, 90 years old. That does not apply to us. Does not, <laughs> does not continue. In the situation, but... Um, so this you get, you get the point. You get the point. Cheers <laughs> uh, on social media. We'll also have the links in our in our bio. And until next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever we decide to record the next one, Joe, I think it's time that we take our, tip our caps and sign off. All right. Peace out.